welcome to talc teaching and learning consultation skills this is the talc talks podcast helping everyone who sees patients to improve their consultation skills to get better outcomes and this approach can even increase your job satisfaction Hello, Avril Danchak here again. This time I'm going to be talking about a chapter in Module 00, if you're new to this, which is called What Everyone Needs to Know About Improving Their Consultation Skills. This outlines some powerful approaches to help you improve your skills. If you want to improve your clinical accuracy, improve your relationships with patients and improve their outcomes, you will find you'll also reduce your risk of stress and burnout. And the talc resources have tried and tested methods for achieving all this. And here's how. Learning new skills means changing the way that you're doing things already, trying new approaches and working with feedback from other people, especially from experienced educators or trainers. Working through the modules in the talc resources will help you to understand new consultation skills learn how to use them, and learn how to get better feedback from other people. The best way forwards is to do it in stages, a bit like this. First of all, choose the module that interests you the most, or you could work through them systematically, starting with module one and working through. Choose the chapter within each module that you want to focus on and read the PDF which introduces the specific skills. If you prefer, you can listen to the introductory podcasts. Often there'll be a video within the chapter which explores the skills in question. When you've got some idea of what to do, practice those skills in a consultation and try and get some feedback about how it went. This could be from the patient themselves, it could be from an educator or from a peer who already understands the skill and can use one of the reflective checklists to help you. Thinking about consultations afterwards and how the skill went can also be a useful form of feedback. The materials in the TALC resources are divided into modules and these broadly follow the Calgary-Cambridge framework, which is described in a minute. Each module covers a different aspect of the consultation and contains several chapters which explore the skills you need in detail. In each chapter, There are also specific suggestions for effective teaching methods to help you learn more quickly. Working through the modules and trying things out will help to improve your consultation skills whatever level you start at. To ensure your improvement is rapid and enjoyable, remember, there are a variety of tasks in each consultation, each of which requires different skills. Improving your consultation skills is very possible via practice and feedback and your skills will get honed and improved with repeated attempts. Remember that learning new skills always involves challenges. Don't be put off if things don't go completely smoothly at first. And finally, remember that considerable research and evidence provide firm backing for the skills that we're describing. And each of these factors is going to be explored in a bit more detail. First of all, What do we mean when we say there's a variety of tasks in the consultation, each of which requires different skills? The TARC resources are based on a framework for the consultation, which is shown in a diagram in the PDF attached to this chapter. 
aim to learn the skills systematically, bit by bit, practising each part of the consultation until it comes naturally to use the skills described. The Calgary-Cambridge Process Guide is a suitable curriculum for these skills and a systematic map of the skills that enable the tasks of the consultation to be completed. You can find copies of the framework and guide in the library module. This framework divides the consultation into a series of related tasks, each of which needs some distinctive skills. Some skills, such as active listening, are used throughout the whole consultation. And there are also two threads which run through the whole of the consultation. Building the relationship with the patient goes throughout and includes demonstrating care and concern while understanding each patient's own unique perspective on things. On the other hand, providing structure to the consultation helps it to flow logically and smoothly through the various tasks and helps to ensure that nothing is missed out. A full list of the skills needed is listed in the Calgary Cambridge Guide to the Consultation, which can be accessed in the library module. There are a lot of skills listed in the Calgary Cambridge Guide, so it's important to realise that not all the skills are needed in absolutely every consultation. Rather, the clinician will select the skills needed and employ the ones most needed for a particular person or a particular stage of the consultation. In all the TALC modules, the chapters are directly linked to the skills identified in the Calgary Cambridge Guide. If you look at Skills for Communicating with Patients, you'll get the full details, including the underlying research that underpins the ideas. Secondly, improving consultation skills is very possible if you use practice and feedback and your skills will get better with practice. Learning new skills always involves repeated practice. Think of learning to play a new musical instrument, perhaps, or a new sport. But practice does not make perfect. I'm going to say that again. Practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Things we do over and over again become habits. They're not always the right habits, though. So to improve our skills, we also need accurate and frequent feedback so that the right skills are practised and developed into good habits. Feedback is what makes perfect. If you get feedback and make your skills perfect, then practice will make that permanent. Try not to make practice lead to bad skills being permanent. There's more information about this in the module Talc Effective Methods for Teaching Consultation Skills in the chapter called Am I Nearly There Yet? skills for receiving and giving effective feedback. Everyone who wants to improve their consultation skills needs to learn how to receive feedback and how to act on it, as well as how to give feedback to others. Let's think about the fact that learning new skills always involves challenges. Realistically, learning new skills is always challenging. When clinicians begin to work seriously on improving their skills, consultations may be a bit longer and some skills seem a bit clunky at first. But when clinicians improve their skills so that they really pay attention and listen properly to the patient, less time is used in consultations in the end. At times, new skills fail to become routine so that clinicians default to less effective consultation styles when they're under stress or when the situation is complex 
or when they think they're not being watched by examiners or educators. So why is it so hard to learn and embed new skills? The answer may partly lie in understanding the process of learning a new skill and the best approaches that clinicians can take to developing their skills. Learning a new skill is really part of a cycle and understanding this cycle as a necessary part of learning can help to speed up the acquisition of new skills and make it feel easier. The cycle is summarised in a diagram in the associated PDF for this chapter, but I will describe it here now. At the beginning of the cycle, there's a process called unconscious incompetence, and this is where learning really begins. Initially, a clinician may not really be aware that a skill even exists or is necessary. For example, they may not be aware that there is a skill that really helps in getting consultations off to a good start, a skill called agenda setting. You can see more details about that in Talc 1, Skills for Beginning Consultations Effectively. How is a consultation like a business meeting? The next stage in the cycle is called conscious incompetence. And this is the stage when the clinician does realise that there's a new skill to be learned, but they also recognise that they do not yet have that skill. This realisation may come from feedback from someone else or as a result of reading and becoming aware of new skills or perhaps of having a problem in consultations that they think they might be able to solve with a better skill. The next phase is called conscious competence and this happens when the clinician starts to learn and practice new skills that they've learned about. The skill is there but needs to be consciously thought about and is not yet routine or automatic or intuitive or natural. Think about learning to change gear when you learn to drive. At first, even when you can change gear as a learner driver, it can feel awkward and clunky. Later on, though, the new skill becomes embedded fully, and this is called unconscious competence. The skill becomes so easy and intuitive that it's hardly noticed. And to somebody watching from the outside, using the skill seems quite effortless. Thinking about driving again, experienced drivers hardly notice when they change gear. It has become an unconsciously competent thing to do whenever necessary. As we continuously develop our skills, we gradually move towards expertise and mastery beckons. But continuing to develop means going back to the stage of conscious incompetence again, as new possibilities and new skills come into our awareness. Some clinicians find this stage uncomfortable because they don't like to feel consciously incompetent, so they might avoid finding out about the new skills they still need. However, the effective and truly self-aware clinician will always be keen to seek out new skills and will return to the stage of conscious incompetence repeatedly and even joyously. This is called reflective competence. And there's more information about this in reference three. People who move towards mastery and expertise actually welcome that stage of conscious incompetence because it gives them a guide as to what they need to learn next. And when they do learn that new skill, that's a satisfying and helpful thing. Remember that considerable research and evidence provide firm backing for these crucial skills. When you're talking to patients in a clinical setting, it's an extension of the communication that we have with others throughout our lives. Humans are mostly pretty good communicators. 
But sometimes clinicians who are good at communicating in daily life feel that they will automatically communicate effectively in a clinical setting. Of course, they have a flying start and most humans are expert communicators. However, there are specific skills needed in consultations with patients, which for most people need to be learned and developed consciously over time. The skills required have been subject to numerous research studies in many different settings. And the skills described in the talent modules have been chosen for their effectiveness, their usefulness, and they're all supported by research. Using some of the skills might seem a bit counterintuitive at times because our habits are hard to change. So clinicians should always bear in mind that the skills described and recommended in the talent modules are tested and tried ways to have more enjoyable and more effective consultations. So have a look at the talent modules yourself today and start moving towards conscious competence so that you're on your way to unconscious competence and mastery. This podcast was brought to you by NHS Professional Educators, making training available to all.